Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Green Room Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Listen, I'm happy for Carter Hart that he was able to steal a game against a really good team, make 46 saves. That's all well and good for the young netminder's confidence, uh, all that stuff. Uh, I'm glad his numbers will look a tiny bit better after tonight. Uh, great for him. Don't ruin this. Don't ruin this, boys. Don't don't go on a little mini run here. Now, Kevin Hayes is back. Everyone's happy about that. Carter Hart playing like Carter Hart. Uh, don't don't do this. Not now. Uh, you had perfect opportunity there. I mean, Ivan Provorov ices the puck, and then uh, Ivan Provorov throws the puck over the bull power play. They're still able to hold them off. I mean. I'm joking a little. Like, this is what it takes for the Flyers to win a game against a good team. They need 46 saves from their goaltender. They need a fucking Justin Braun goal. (laughs) And they need the first uh, successful wraparound on about 420 attempts this season to actually come through. So uh, I'm not – I can't say I'm not worried about the tank because – I am a little. I fully expect now them to win like three, four in a row, something stupid like that. Uh, But there is still time till the trade deadline. Like I keep saying, they'll play 20 games after the trade deadline, and I cannot imagine they will be able to field a team good enough to win more than one or two at most of those games. Uh, as long as, you know, they don't get delusional and pull back on this sell. Uh, They need to sell, 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 baby. I wish they would do it tonight, uh, but I really do believe they're going to wait for that, uh, at least that thousandth Giroux game for him. Uh, That'll be, I think, a Thursday at home against Nashville. And then after that, I think it'll be full full on sell mode. But how you feeling? Are you... Are you happy they won because of Carter Hart? Are you disgusted because they got killed in this game and, you know, they they should have fallen further in the standings, but actually they moved up? How are you feeling about this one? Because I'm – I'll tell you, I'm mad at them overall because, like, the end of this game should have been fun and exciting. You know, like they're killing a penalty uh, with, like, four or five minutes left. They're denying entry after entry, and they're, like, not icing the puck, so they're making some good defensive plays to hold on to the lead, and that's all cool. But, like, it's not exciting because the games don't matter, and I want them to lose them. So I'm like mad more at the big picture than I am this single game. But this single game was a representation of like, it's, I don't even know where I'm going with that sentence. I will say it's wild how many teams are worse than the Flyers. And like, 
this is their fifth win of the calendar year. It's March 8th. Uh, Vegas also cannot win the Stanley, Stanley Cup. They became the fourth team this season to lose two games to the Philadelphia Flyers. Arizona is one of them. Obviously, Arizona's horrible. Seattle, one of the worst rosters ever put together uh, in that expansion draft. That makes sense. Washington, little surprising, but Washington's been up and down all year. Flyers always play them tough. And now Vegas. All year, one of the two front runners to win the West. Most of the year, one of the two front runners to win the Cup, along with Colorado, uh, betting-wise at least. And here they are losing to the Philadelphia Flyers twice in, in, in this dreadful season. The Flyers have only won 17 games. They've only beat four teams twice. Vegas, and uh, now Vegas becomes that fourth team along with Arizona, Seattle, and uh, the Washington Capitals. So let me know what you're thinking. How how'd you feel about winning this one? Because I gotta say, I'm a little upset about it. Jack Conroy, you're leading things off. What's going on tonight, Jack? What's up, Bill? Uh, yeah, I'm right. I'm actually right there with you. Um, you know, Carter Hart, uh, monster game. He's really the only guy who's giving me, uh, you know, any hope for the future. But it would be so flyers to, uh, you know, <laughs> go on a win streak here. Uh. I'm not saying like I I don't think this is gonna happen, but uh, it would just I would laugh uh, hysterically no. if Giroux came out and said, uh, you know, this team has shown hard and yeah. you know I've decided to stay. No, like, that's my that's my nightmare scenario now is he does like the Wolf of Wall Street and he's like I'm not fucking leaving and this team like wins eight games in a row and drafts twelfth. Like, that is my absolute nightmare scenario. And they don't have the horses to go on, like, a sustained winning streak. Like I said, they needed 46 saves, a a wraparound goal, and a Justin Braun goal to win tonight. Like, that's what it takes for them. Uh, They're not good enough, but it's still, like, the most important thing about this horrible season is don't waste the opportunity it gives you. And you just see a path now where it's like, oh, they can waste it. Oh, they can waste it. They certainly can. Yeah, it's like I hope Giroux has just shut his mind off and all he's thinking about is moving on because he's already dealt with all the, you know, the team has heart, blah, blah, blah stuff. But um, I, I know everyone's been talking about Provorov recently, but, man, I'm I'm scared. Like, I'm I'm worried about him. Just watching it's, him, I don't know. It's, it's really weird. It's like a like, steep decline. By no means am I like a Sandheim fan, but – if you would have asked me, you know, at the beginning of the year, even a couple of months ago, which one of them am I? Do I want to keep? It's like, oh, Provorov easily. Yeah. Now it's not even close. I want to keep Sandheim, and like Sandheim was doing shit tonight that drove me nuts. Uh, at the end of the game, Patchy Reddy gets like nine whacks uh, <laughs> at Carter Hart, and Sandheim's just sitting there leaning on his stick, like does absolutely nothing. Doesn't even turn around. Doesn't push him. Doesn't bump him. Just just lets it happen. Uh, I, I, it's just baffling, but. Yeah, man, Provorov, um, he fucking stinks. Uh, like, yeah, he's bad. It's not even like okay, he's not playing up to the level. He's one of their worst players. Like under three minutes, under three minutes, under two minutes, maybe. Like he does that icing, and then he gets it right back and he <laughs> flops it out of play for the penalty. I, I was just like. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, like I was thinking it was maybe a good thing because maybe they're they were gonna tie it and. 
uh, maybe the Golden Knights uh, would have won, but then yeah, again, at least I hate maybe that. they I... come away with one point instead yeah. of two. Like I'm like, okay, here it is. Here's the collapse. But no, and it's a good thing because like I want Carter Hart to be good. He's the yeah. key to all of this. He like this season, whatever, aggressive rebuild, uh, aggressive retool. They rebuild whatever the plan is. The key to all of it is Carter Hart, and it's cool to see he can do this against one of the best teams in the West. Yeah. It's just like. Now we're doing this now. Yeah, it's like an in- internal dilemma. Like you want him to lose for the the high draft pick, but you also want to see like Hart have a strong showing, and like you want to root for your favorite team, but at the same yeah. time you're rooting for them to lose. Uh, one more thing, uh, b- before I go, um, what do you think about the? I think it's now rumored Ristolainen four years, four point five mil. Would you be on board with that? What's your opinion on that? I just, uh, it's not horrible. Um, and thanks a lot, Jack. I'll let you go here, but it's, it's not, I mean, it's, it's so much better than the, the close to seven million we were seeing, the six and a half, six, seven, five, whatever the rumor was. It's so much more uh, palatable than that, but. Man, they just have so many issues. They do need defensemen. Like, I'm not going to say, like, I, I, I like Ristoline and I think he can help. But I just don't – at least the term's short. At least it's not like a six- or seven-year deal, you know. Three, four years from now, Carter Hart will still be in his prime. Uh, you can survive the four-and-a-half. It's not like it's six, something like that. But, man, I just – I want to move on from, like, as many of these players in on this team as humanly possible. And I got to believe – if Ristolainen was going to resign here, he would have by now. Um, like, he can't possibly want to stay and, and continue dealing with – after all that time in Buffalo and them just being a fucking shit show, how could he possibly sign on to a team that just won its 17th game on March 8th? Like, that can't be a thing. Or I get maybe – are they at 18 now? I think because they they won – I can't remember. Whatever it is, they're terrible. He can't possibly want to stay. Uh, before I take the next call, I did see because it's something I want to mention. Neil Patrick just mentioned in the uh, Neil Patrick just mentioned in the group chat that on uh, the one of the most recent BSH, I was saying, you know, Carter Hart, he's been good and he, he's not like lowering my expectations for him, but also it's pretty clear he's not. He's at least not an elite goalie yet. Because an elite goalie steals you some games. Like, you don't have losing streaks like this with an elite goalie. So, of course, he comes out and steals us a game tonight. I I, I do see the the irony there. Don't don't worry. Uh, I, I do, Neil. Uh, Harris Barnes. Harris, you're live on the post game. Um, they're doing kind of what they did in 2018-19. Uh, they're going to win a bunch of games, and it's going to push them back a few spots in, in the draft. And remember, they won a bunch of games down the stretch after they traded Simmons, and that took them out of uh, position to um, draft uh, Zegras. Like, they would have been in that spot to draft Zegras had they not won those games. Yeah, and I, I do believe, like, listen, it's only two games. They've won two games, and this team's real bad. Yeah. Um, I, I think – it's a, another prolonged losing streak is just around the corner, but like it's 
I want to see that the team is happy to have Kevin Hayes back and they respond to that. I want to see Carter Hart play the way I think he can. So I don't want to be totally down on it, but at the same time, yeah. Like, we wasted this season. It's over. It killed us all. Please don't draft 12th. Like, please be in the top five. That's all this season's about now. Getting something for Giroux and drafting in the top five. Those are the things you have to get out of this season. I almost think that the management, like, even if they had been, like, drafting ninth in 2019, they might have taken York ahead of uh, Boldy and Zegers anyway. Like, I'm not sure. Maybe they loved York that much, even though the the aforementioned were, like, way better players. Because that's just kind of what the Flyers management does. They take the guy who is a little bit safer, not not as high of upside, but the higher floor. Uh, they took him over Caulfield, so, you know, anything's possible. Um, I don't think – Vegas is so interesting because, yeah, they're a good team, but the without Stone, they're obviously not as good. Eichel's going to take a while to get back to full strength. Yeah. yeah, everything He looks good, but he's not a superstar quite yet. Yeah, and that's kind of what they're still lacking is they, they need yeah. that, um, that superstar guy. And the, the, um, the work ethic of the expansion year, and there's just such a different roster. I mean, they really have to kind of find a completely new identity. Um, so it's going to take them a bit. Like they could still definitely get to a conference final for sure, but the, the West, West is, is so bad. Out. There's there's three really good teams out West, and they're one of them. Like that's you know it's it's them, Calgary, and Colorado. That uh, next two does intrigue me. It does just because like for like it's the Stanley Cup playoffs. Dumb shit yeah. happens all the time, and it's such an interesting group of like teams you don't think are that good. Like uh, you know, Billy Huso gets hot for a couple of weeks, and uh, St. Louis is in the conference final. Like that's what's yeah. gonna happen. Like that that next tier for me right now, West. And, and it'll be interesting, and it does affect the Flyers because of what people will do at the trade deadline and, and, and pieces that they add, whether it be Braun or Giroux or Jones or whatever. But, like, that next year, I think, is um, St. Louis, Minnesota, Dallas now, and L.A. Like, L.A. has been a lot better than people thought. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you could put Nashville in there, but I think they're a step below, um, even though they've had a good year. Um, but yeah, like that next year definitely doesn't trigger, but it's just interesting across the league, every team right now, maybe other than Calgary and Calgary still definitely has their weaknesses because they have to prove in the playoffs they can do it. Every team has like noticeable flaws about their game. So like, yes, every team, um, or the, there's a good amount of contenders, but like I watch every team play and I see like flaws. So like, that's going to make the playoffs that much and the deadline that much more interesting. Definitely. And like the West and thanks a lot, Harris. Uh, the West is so interesting because like I, maybe because we're in the East and we just see these teams more. But I feel like I know what all of these playoff teams are. And this positioning is pretty much what it's going to be like top three in the Metro Carolina, uh, the Rangers and Pittsburgh top three in the Atlantic, Florida, Tampa, Toronto. And then the wild card, it's Boston and Washington. Uh, the next closest team to Washington for the second wild card is Columbus, and they're 10 points back. Like then, you know, Detroit, the Isles, and then the really horrible teams uh, under them. And in the West, yeah, like Colorado, St. Louis, Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota's interesting. 
but I, I don't think they're a, a very good team. I think they have some skill and they have a lot to build on. St. Louis has done it before, but how good do you actually think they are? And then in the Pacific, Calgary, L.A. is actually ahead of Vegas by three points. Think about that. In the first round of the playoffs, if the season ended today, L.A. would have home ice over Vegas. And then Dallas. Dallas is back in a wild card spot. They've been better recently. Uh, and Nashville is uh, got a two-point lead on Edmonton. So, yeah, it's the West is just weird. It's just so much weirder than the East. It's just so much more open. Uh, Adam Bortz. Adam, you're live on the post game. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, Bill. Uh, so how are we feeling tonight about the game? I feel, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't feel, feel good or bad. It's like this team's underlying process is so bad. Yeah, like that's that the – w- w- and <laughs> I'll not you, obviously – no, I'll let you I'll let you finish, Adam. But like, you know, we talked about Saturday's game, the Chicago game. I'm pretty sure that was Saturday. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm cool with winning a game like that. Like, yep. by the end of the game, you fucking hate Chicago. Like, it got it, it, like it just it got testy. It got gritty out there. Uh, you scored some goals. It was a fun game, back and forth. This was just like. All right, let's see if uh, <laughs> Carter Hart can make another save. All right, let's see if we can. Nope, power play's over. Like, it was just – it was a nothing game that they just happened to win because yeah. Carter Hart played really well. Right, and, and I think, you know, one of my biggest questions, one of the biggest things I was watching this season uh, was Carter Hart. And, like, can he rebound? Can he be, you know, the player on that trajectory that he thought he was going to be? We thought he was going to be. And I love for any, like, not one other flyer on this whole team, but I love for Carter Hart that he pulled this one out against all odds for him, like, mentally. Going into next year, he's like, it's, I still got it. That's still in there. And I'm capable of a game like that to, like, carry my team. And I think for him going forward, you know, literally not one other flyer, but like him specifically going forward, this game's this game's huge to build off of for the future for him, you know? Yeah, I just like I said, he's the key to this whole thing. I need him to be what I think he can be. Because yeah. otherwise, my God, it's gonna be forever. Literally forever Ugh. until they're awesome again. Right. Um I, I'm I am. I'm happy he's able to do this. And it's cool it came against a very good team like Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but, yeah, it's 
it's like it's too little too late guys why are you what it's it really like i said the end of the game frustrated me because they were doing things that should have been exciting but actually were just annoying me yes like oh yeah so we're gonna deny a bunch of zone entries now like three or four in a row with four minutes left cool yeah awesome like oh we're gonna kill all these penalties good for us like, <laughs> I, it, it, it exactly. was just the most frustrating annoying shit yeah I'm, I'm right there with you uh i saw one interesting stat tonight since yo took over claude Giroux, i think it's like 21 points or something like that in that same time period Oscar Lindblom is 20. Lindblom is 20. Yeah, he's got 10 goals, 10 assists, I think they said. Uh, That's pretty wild. It was either Carcidi or maybe Bill Meltzer. I don't remember who I saw tweet it. But, yeah, that's – listen, a few weeks ago on BSH Radio, we were talking about some of the things because, you know, season's pointless at this point. Some of the things that you can actually watch for, a reason to watch these games, and – Oscar Lindblom's continued return to like some semblance of what he was pre-diagnosis is a huge thing. Like if he can be more than just a guy, if he can be that third liner with a little bit of offense who wins your puck battles and is always in the right place, you can get him back out on the penalty kill at some point. Um, Man, that's a. I know they don't have that guy. They don't have those star players that they badly need, but they do need pieces. And he's one we're all really rooting for. Yeah. It would be awesome if this is like he's really getting back to who we thought he could be. Right, right. And I, I think he even admitted he's still not 100%. Yeah. But, you know, yo, getting him off the fourth line and putting him in better usage to put him in a position to play better, I think it's huge for him. And, you know, his confidence going forward. Um, the one last thing I wanted to touch on, and, you know, you kind of already talked about the defense. I don't want to talk about Provorov or Risto's contract or any of that. I want to talk about Konechny for, like, one second. What the fuck do we do with Konechny going forward? Like, what's what's your thought on it? Because, I, you know, I'm sure you saw flying around on Twitter that, like, chart of – specifically why he's so snake bitten this year. Right. And like the top guys that are just unlucky and like, I get it. And I feel like if he can't get that to work here, like if we cannot get Travis connecting to work out, we are going to be so pissed when he goes to another team and it works out somewhere else. No, he has like Justin Williams written all over him. Like, Oh yeah. Okay. Maybe, you know, the, the year he led the Flyers in points and everything. Maybe Konechny's not that guy, but um, there's not a doubt in my mind. Ultimately, he is a really good second-line winger. Um, yeah. I, I'm not super attached to him. If they move him and get something useful in return, cool. I am... I am more inclined to hang on to him than I am either of the defensemen or a lot of the other veterans, uh, just because I kind of don't want that. uh, I don't want that hanging over us that man, if we had just had a little more patience that said, I feel like we talk about connecting being snake bitten a lot. Like it's not just this year. It's not just an unlucky. I feel like he's unlucky a lot. Yeah. And like, I, I I don't know how to deal with that. Like, yeah. at what point is it him? 
You know? Yeah. Like, if you at constantly what point is he say, just an unlucky guy? Some people are unfucking lucky. Like, right. You know, some people are just perpetually unlucky. Like if you keep saying everybody's the asshole all the time, like maybe you're the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I don't know. I, I think not having coots there this year with connecting on that first line, you know, everybody just seems to play so much better with him. I think sure. it's really not benefiting TK. Uh, in a lot of different ways. Would he still be that snake bitten? I don't know, but who knows? But anyway, thanks, Bill. Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Go Flyers. <laughs> thanks a lot, Adam. Yeah. No, like TK, especially the Couturier thing, like what's TK good at? TK's good when at distributing once you're set up in the offensive zone. Well, Couturier's real good at getting you into the offensive zone. You know, it's one of his things. And TK's real good on the rush. And... Sean Couturier, by way of his active stick and his ability to, you know, uh, create turnovers and make play go the other way, creates a lot of rushes. So he does absolutely miss Sean Couturier 100%. And if they can somehow figure out a way to put a real first line together, Couturier, TK on a second line, that's the good stuff. Uh, Jacob Ginsburg, Jacob, you're live on the post game. Jacob, I think you muted yourself. It won't let me unmute. Uh, can I? Uh, let me remove you, get back in, and I'll see if it'll work again. Uh, Jacob Senchak. Jacob, you're live. Hey, Bill, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Hey, uh, well, okay. I mean, it's always nice to see a win, I guess, but I feel like I am so, like, maddened by this team that, like, I'm in a complete state, state of apathy. I, I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, I feel like... You feel the same way judging, you know, that they, they just are stuck in this kind of like mediocrity for so long. I feel like they're they're like the friend you have who is constantly like always, you know, says, oh, I have these plans. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But they just kind of like drive you crazy because they never do the things that are necessary to get there. And so eventually you just like tune them out. Right. So I just hear like you know, oh, when Couturier is uh, healthy again or when Ellis comes back, inevitably, like, we'll be fine. You know, we don't need to tear it down and rebuild. Uh, we don't need to commit to, like, changing everything. It's just, like, going to be, like, you know, an aggressive retool, whatever that means. And um, I just, like, I'm getting to the point now where it's just, like, I'm kind of, like, I'll follow them, but I feel like there has to – they have to commit to, like, a massive change. And – I just I, I don't believe in Chuck Fletcher anymore, and I, I think that it's I, I can't really fully commit to this team until I see some like big structural change like that. No, it is. Uh, listen, you're absolutely right. And you know when the when you hear things like at that big press conference they did where they fully recognize, yeah, we need high end talent. It's something we absolutely have to you know we have to get high end talent, and the best way to get it is by drafting it. You gonna do that? Oh, no, 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 that's not our plan. Uh, like, that's very frustrating. I don't have a ton of uh, I don't have a ton of confidence in Chuck Fletcher either. I do think there are just some like foolproof things they can do to help this, you know, aggressive retool or whatever out. Like if they can actually identify the high end players they need, that's good. Like I would do the Ryan Ellis trade again. If they can go out and get another uh, high end defenseman who just lost Jacob, but um if we can go out and get, you know, another high-end defenseman to play in the top four with Ryan Ellis, like, that would be huge. But, 
it is very, very hard to have confidence in this front office and just the organization as a whole. I think they can, they can add, they can, I can be more confident in them if they don't fuck up this trade deadline. If they do what they have to do with this trade deadline uh, and really start this process, listen, I, you know, I'm for the rebuild. I want to just start over. I think this era is over. Since they're not going to do that, all I can go off of is what they say they're going to do, this aggressive retool thing they're talking about. Okay, do it right then. Don't if you're not going to start over, then make this work. Actually, go out and get the high end players you're talking about. Rasmus Ristolainen is not one of these high end players. So, like right there, all right, we're making him a priority. Well, you're prioritizing the wrong guys. We're going to be in this exact same situation again real soon. Uh, but hey, anything's possible. They could they could not fuck this up. I don't know. You know. Stupid shit happens all the time. The freaking Cincinnati Bengals were just in the Super Bowl. Dumb shit happens all the time. Ian Ackerman, Ian, you're live on the post game. Hey, what's up, Bill? How you doing tonight, Ian? Doing pretty good. Um, I'm with you. Like, I don't want them to go off on a winning streak or anything and kind of ruin their draft positioning. But I feel good about this win, like a lot of you guys have been saying, you know, a lot of the callers said previously. Uh, it was great to see Carter Hart just, you know, he played fantastic. And it's just good for his mental well-being and uh yeah it was just good to see that good to see him get the w for sure because it looked like they were trying hard to blow it yeah absolutely and like him stepping up with uh you know on the penalty kill and uh, making the saves he did the timely saves the clutch saves all that you know because there have been a lot of games where they've had leads and it's like all right just close the door and they haven't been able to and whether that's on the goaltender or the you know all the players in front of them the, the thing is, it just hasn't happened. So seeing them be able to do it and seeing specifically Carter Hart be able to do it, that feels good. But why the fuck are you doing it now? Like game 56 is when you decided this is the like everyone as a whole, this is the one we're going to step up in. That one's frustrating. And also like the team played like shit. They should have 44 points and be tied with Buffalo for the fifth spot in the standings, you know, not in the sixth spot. And that's just, that's annoying to me. I know. And I totally agree. And good God, watching them trying to clear the puck is just like, Nails on a chalkboard. Holy shit. They cannot clear the puck out of their own zone for the life of them. It's just unbelievable how bad I that would, is. I would like to know if everybody played, if the entire team played with a stick that is the opposite hand for one game, if their passing would get better or worse. I wonder if it could possibly get worse. It's just unbelievable. And I know there's some, you know, it takes some funny bounces here and there, but they just they just can't get it out, and it just Carter Hart was like under siege, like forever. It felt like it was just un unreal. That's there were times tonight. It was a shooting gallery. There were times tonight they couldn't buy a clear. I mean, uh, the icing at the end, followed by the uh, the puck over the glass from Provorov. Like it, it, they're like the Three Stooges back there. Sometimes it, it, none of them can do it. There was a very easy clear, and then two guys. I, it might have been Atkinson and Hayes. I think ran into each other where there was like uh, they both got to the loose puck and would have had an easy exit yeah, for either of them, course, and yeah. they ran into each other like it was a joke yeah um well i think a winning streak is not going to go much further than this game because don't they play florida the next game 
I believe the yeah they have Florida on uh, on Thursday. I'm yeah. fairly certain. Yeah, and then Carolina, I think. So I think they're probably going to get steamrolled in those games. Here's hoping. Yeah, speaking of that, did you did you see there's some high scoring games tonight? You see Arizona beat Detroit nine to two. I'll tell you, coming out of the All Star break, um, there was a decent amount of scoring. I was like, oh, this is cool. It's like the beginning of the year again. Teams are scoring. Last week, uh, the end of last week, this weekend, and now tonight, like there have been some wild scores over the last like week or so. Yeah, and Chicago's up seven to three at the end of two against Anaheim. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, that's uh, man, that's uh, got to bet some more overs, I guess, is what you're telling me. Yeah, I know, right? But uh, that's all I got, man. Have a good night and uh, go Flyers, I guess. <laughs> Take it easy, Ian. Uh, yeah, the Flyers coming up. They have uh, two on the road at Florida, at Carolina. That's Thursday, Saturday. Then they come home from Montreal. Montreal's been real good. They play Montreal on Sunday night. Seven o'clock Sunday game. Fuck you. Uh, but then three days off. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. Nashville, Ottawa, Isles, Detroit. Man, they might win a couple, and that's annoying. Uh, Jacob Ginsburg is back. Jacob. How are you? Are we working this time? Yeah, I can hear you now. All right. Yeah, sorry. Sometimes it doesn't let you unmute there. Yeah, this app's a pain in the ass sometimes. Um, yeah, I was, I was in the building tonight. Pleasantly surprised uh, at how, how many people were there for Tuesday. It was, I was expecting it to be empty. Was it a good crowd? Because on TV, sometimes it's hard to tell. I mean, a good crowd, no, but it wasn't like, yeah, okay. you know, you, you right. see the beats sending pictures of nobody, you know, you know, it was, it was decent. It was fair. Okay. All right. Um, you know, talking about the, the ineptitude of clearing the puck, it just, it just hurts thinking about like what this team could have done with Ellis. Like just his ability to lead a breakout is something that like we haven't had in a decade. And he just, you know, those first couple of games, it was, it really was a different team. It, it hurts. Yeah, like you just see, uh, you know, he had four, or he had five points in the first four games. Ellis did. You saw the goals this team was scoring off the rush uh, early on in the season. Like it, it, it could have been a totally different season. Uh, however, you know, you trade for a guy with Ellis's history of injuries, and no, does he ever miss full seasons? No, but you can mark him down for 15, 20 every year, and it's not like he's young. So uh, it, it, you you took a risk. I would make that trade again, uh, considering they're not planning on, you know, tearing it all down and starting over. I'm looking forward to getting to see what he can do next year. But, yeah, it, it, there's definitely an element to this season. Yes, they wasted it, and they could have done better even with the injuries. But you, you lose your top two centers and your top defensemen for basically the entire season. You're probably going to suck. Yeah, you can't lose your best defenseman and then, like, cease to be able to break out the puck at all. You know, That's it's, the, it's, Like, someone <laughs> needs to be able to make a breakout pass at a some pass. point. Yes. Um. I also wanted to ask about what do you think about Hayes tonight? I, I, you know, I was skeptical about him coming back and thought that he'd be pretty immobile out there, but I was surprised. Like he, he looked like he had a little pat. He looks better. He definitely looks better than be uh, than the last time we saw him. 
He's um, uh, the people. He made that one move uh, tonight to get by a defenseman, and he had like I think a wraparound opportunity. People were like, "Oh, good burst out of Kevin Hayes there." I really think the defenseman just fell asleep. But either way, he he had an opportunity, so that's good. Um, he's playing his way back in, and everyone seems to love him. I personally just kind of wish he was shut down, and we could just count on him being healthy to start next season, but. He, it seems like he, he wants to give it a go. He needs this to get himself back into shape, not, not play hockey for all that time. So it's not the, it's not the direction I would go, but team, the team just doesn't seem to want to openly tack the way I want them to. So uh, I guess we just have to deal with that. Yeah. And hopefully no, no more surgeries this year. Yeah. All right, man. You know that's that's about it. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the call. Uh, appreciate it, Jacob. Thanks for joining us. Uh, let's go to Warren Brody. Warren, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Good to hear you. Uh, good game tonight, I guess. Uh, Carter Hart. <laughs> Very impressive. Carter Hart played tonight. a hell of a game. He was in, Hart was incredible tonight. So, yeah, I uh, just wanted to mention I uh, watched the uh, Calgary Colorado game last Saturday, and Johnny Goudreau scored the overtime goal. I almost fell up, fell off the couch. I've never seen a human skate that fast. He just his uh his skill level, his stick skill and his speed combined. He's just so crafty. I'm what is giving me a little bit of confidence about this offseason which could very well be a disaster. The only thing giving me confidence is the idea that he really might want to come home. Well, the interesting thing, he's not signed. I mean, I you would have thought he'd be signed by now. Yeah, that's the – I mean, they're um, they're the best team in the Pacific. Uh, like, they're – I think they have a, as good of a chance to come out of the West as anybody. They have pretty decent talent around him. Um, uh, if I, he was going to sign, he would have by now. I've been watching a lot of the West, and I really like Calgary, but I also like Dallas. And the reason why I like both of those teams, their goaltending is better than Colorado's goaltending. Yeah. I think Colorado, they may shit the bed again because I just don't – I don't see that they have the goaltending. And, and there's other teams with better goaltending than St. Louis Colorado, as well. Colorado's goaltending for most of the season has been atrocious. Uh, Pavel Francois had a little run in there where he he was good. And over the last, like, 15 or 20 – Darcy Kemper's been like dominant. I didn't see what he did tonight, but um, he he was he's been awesome for like last two months. But yeah, I, we don't know if they have the depth. We don't know if they have goaltending that can get it done in the playoffs. Jacob Markstrom is awesome, like uh, for Calgary and Dallas has just been inconsistent this year. But when they're good, they're real good. They've won like nine of twelve, I think. Uh, they've been awesome. Yeah, the other, the other thing I wanted to mention to you, well, what's going on with Russia right now? And there's some Russian players I've been seeing in trade rumors for the Flyers, like the guy from the Rangers and uh, Kravstrom, I, or I think that's the way you say it. And then there's a guy from Florida. Would you trade for a Russian player right now? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, you know, they, it's not – I know that there's a lot of political – there are – Many hockey players are tied politically to the Russian regime, but right. a lot of that is just like, yeah, some of them might just be assholes. Like that's total possibility. 
Yeah. Uh, but also, like, they have family over there. And bad things happen to people who speak out against the Russian regime. So, I'm like, just con- I'm just concerned that the uh, they may go home for the summer and not be able to come back. You know, things a, really escalate. That's definitely something to be concerned about. I think um, it, it's something for those players themselves to consider. And I guess it's something you'd have to think about. But I got to believe a lot of them wouldn't. Uh, maybe go home under these circumstances. You know, if if you're given one of two options, uh, go to a country that you know is at war or stay at one that isn't. Perhaps you would stay at the one it isn't, but I don't know. I, I, right now, it's not something that would deter me from acquiring a player. But as things unfold, that could change. Well, the interesting thing is that you hear all these rumors, and now. All of a sudden, uh, Ristolano went went from six million to a four million dollar player. It's pretty funny. So, uh, you know, I don't I don't really believe anything I hear right now. And my guess is there's going to be a lot of trades a week before the trade deadline. Yeah, uh, that's I always remember Paul Holmgren like the week before, like it was always the Tuesday before the deadline. He would make a lot of his moves. And uh, I think we'll start. I really think the Flyers are going to loosen it up. The deadline's on a Monday. Uh, Giroux plays that thousandth game as a Flyer on the Thursday before that. I think he could be traded that night. I think that their plan is to dump a lot of salary at the trade deadline. And then and then uh, that's, you know, uh, the first part, and then the second part is going to be around the draft. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting, to, interesting to see what they do. Definitely. They have to move on from the guys uh, with expiring contracts. That's what the deadline's for. And then free agency, draft time, that's when you move guys with term. Whether right. it's JVR or someone else, uh, that's, that's really the time to move on from those players. Yeah, JVR is just priceless. I was just saying, I mean, that was mistake. I didn't make the same mistake twice. I, like JVR <laughs> at the beginning. JVR and thanks a lot, Warren. Like JVR at the beginning of this contract, um, like scored the goals they needed him to score. He had slumps. He had hot streaks. You got what you were paying for with JVR. Then he just went into this. Like last season, he started real hot, and then even after that, it was like, wow, he's really. He's really changed his game. Like, he's kind of turned it into a complete player. And now he is just completely invisible. Um, Obviously wouldn't shock me if he's hurt. That's usually what we find out about guys when they go into these prolonged, like, is he even out there sort of situations. But they got to move on from JVR. They need that $7 million, whether it's a trade, a buyout, whatever you have to do. They gotta, they gotta move on from JVR. Uh, Patrick Reedmiller, Patrick, you're live on the post game. Hey Bill, how you doing? What's going on tonight, Patrick? Uh, I guess to answer your question, like I'm not that mad. It's like you know, I just like to see. I guess in the in the in the long run, hopefully, you like to see Carter Hart do good and see if he can steal a game or whatnot. So yeah, just to see, I guess. Yeah, definitely. You want to, you want the goalie to be able to steal you games because to win a Stanley Cup, he has to steal you a game in every series, and he's got to steal you a series. Like, you want him to have that ability. And while he's been good and solid for a lot of his time here, he hasn't shown the steal a game um, 
like that elite level a ton. He's flashed it, but like you just like to see it a little more. It's just I'm not mad. Like Carter Hart played real well. I'm not gonna be mad about it. I'm just annoyed that you know against Vegas, uh, like a team that they just should lose to. Uh, you, I hate the idea of them drafting eighth. Like it really annoys me. I mean, we got we got Carolina and Florida next. Yeah. Mean road trip, so I think I think it's in good hands. I, I mean, Florida's been really good. Carolina's really good because they both they all got to speak. yeah. I feel like I feel like when we're going on this five game road trip, it, it might it might be a disaster. Hopefully, uh, they've got Montreal on Sunday, and Montreal's been playing a lot better. Yeah, bet on Cole Cole Caulfield scoring. Oh, one hundred percent. And then I guess um, I don't know if you saw, but. Um, I think it was LeBron that tweeted, I don't know how many days ago, he said, like, the buyers want to buy, but they're trying to get their their injured players back, and they're trying to figure out their cap, and then he said, like, something along the lines of the sellers are getting antsy. So, like, how that relates to us, I feel like conversations have totally been happening. Sure. With Chuck Fletcher and whatnot. So, like, this team is definitely going to be worse after the trade deadline, because think about it. Justin Braun just scored a goal up this trade value. We got Broussard up this trade value. Like, we're going to get rid of these guys, definitely. And then, like, I mean, if I'm Chuck Fletcher, I would be, like, I would be willing to, like, absorb half of JVR's cap hit at this point to just see if he can, like, get unloaded to a playoff team or something. Oh, I would I, I would cover as much. Yeah, I would cover the full 50%. I just don't think anyone's going to take him with another year on his deal, and it's going to have to be done in the offseason because of that. But – Absolutely, I would look into trading JVR if you could and covering whatever salary you can. But yeah, like you look at this roster when you talk about what they're going to be like after they sell. You know, the reason they had to go get a Keith Yandel, the reason they had to go get a Derek Broussard is because like they don't have the depth they thought they did, and the depth players they do have are all fucking hurt. So like they don't have they don't have NHL players. That's why we've been looking at Nick Sealer and Kevin Connaughton all year. Like what happens when they trade Justin? Braun who is gonna play so they are they're 20 games after the deadline they are probably gonna lose 18 or 19 of them I mean I, I, I bet you Connaughton gets back in once we trade Justin Braun so that... exactly yeah <laughs> and then like I guess I guess I want to talk about Provorov and connect me last week but, like I think with Provorov it's just like I feel like he's like Drew he's like just too hard on himself so he has to like try to do everything possible to help the team win and I feel like it's just hurting his game, honestly. Yeah, they just – they depend on him to be, I feel, just far more than he is. Like, he thinks he has to be this two-way player. And at this point, I think he's just a defensive defenseman. And he's lost that part of his game. Uh, but he just – every – he seems to make every mistake imaginable at this point. Like, like we all saw the, the season where he had 17 goals. I feel like he wants to be offensive, but I feel like he should just stick to – to what he knows best, being def- being good at the defensive end, taking taking people out on their entries and whatnot, and just just stick to that. Uh, there's a reason, and like the offense seems to come for him naturally when the other parts of his game are working, and like that's why 
you know, when he's played with Matt Niskanen, who can handle the puck, when he's played with Shane Gostaspare, who can handle the puck, the little bit he got to play with Ryan Ellis. Like, all of a sudden, he looked like himself in those situations. And when he isn't playing with those guys, he tries to do everything, and he's just not capable of it. He's not a star. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, with Konechny, like, I don't know. I don't know if, like, the answer is, like, you need to find him a center that'll give him the puck and just tell him to shoot, whether it be, like, through trade or somebody internally. Like, it would have been nice if we traded for Eichel or, like, Ryan O'Reilly because that would have been cool to see. But, like, man, I just think you got to find him someone that'll give him the puck and you just tell Konechny, just shoot the puck. You have a good wrist shot. That's He just seems, and thanks a lot, Patrick, he just seems uh, so hesitant to shoot. He just doesn't. You know, I, I know he gets a shot. It's just he seems to want to be a distributor, uh, and he's pretty good at it. He's been he's been really good at it lately. But I, I just – at what point he, – he's not a young kid anymore, Travis Konechny. Uh, at what point are we like, okay, his game's done developing. He is what he is. Uh, and he's a, he's a decent second-line player. Like, he's a good second-line player. Uh, if, if they had – you know, the high-end talent ahead of him, I wouldn't mind him on the team at all. And I still might not mind him, depending on what moves they make this offseason. But uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not like, oh, they have to keep him. Absolutely. I also don't think they have to move him. I think he's just kind of, he's just kind of there. Uh, and whatever, whatever opportunities present themselves, whether it's to trade him or not, you just kind of, if you get an offer, take it. If not, yeah put him with a good center and hope the shot comes back. Uh, Chris Krochak. Chris, you are our latest caller tonight. How's it going? Hey, Bill. Hanging in there. How are you doing? How are you? All right. Um, so I wanted to actually speak of the, the trade deadline. Um, you know what actually is looking like a, a good non-move from last year? Remember that all the rumors about, about Scott Lawton possibly getting shipped out last year? Or whenever, I'm losing track. It might have been last year. Yeah, and then uh, and then Chuck ends up resigning him to what's looking like actually a very good contract. I mean, if, if I remember correctly, it's only what like three million a year. Three mil. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, for for what he brings, and he's really impressed me this year. And I don't know if it's just because he's being asked to do more because there's just nobody else in the lineup. But um, that's looking like a really good contract. And I, I, I got to say, like in a season full of negatives, uh, that's definitely looking like a. A piece, of, you know, not to build around, but you need those guys, and you know he can play anywhere in the lineup and 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 chip in, and he's really kind of gotten that leadership role, it seems. So I think that was a really good move, and I'm glad we kept him around. Absolutely, uh, Lawton very much looks to me like on a good team, you know, a team with a good first and second line in the playoffs. Lawton is one of those difference makers because it's the playoffs; everybody has a good first and second line, and then who wins mm-hmm. you your series? That third line matchup. And like, he looks like one of those guys, like one of those, uh, like a Blake Coleman type player where you're just like, actually, you know, who's stirring the drink for Tampa? Like, I I really do think he's, he's got that sort of uh, upside. Uh, to his game you know you can play him anywhere in the lineup when there are injuries he can play wing and center Uh, he very much wants to be here he brings it every night he's not the most skilled guy but he'll run through a wall for you scott lawton can play for my team any day and over the last couple years like he can play up in the lineup for my team any day he's not just a fourth liner which i kind of thought he was for a while yeah yeah so that's definitely an encouraging sign, and and I, I think you know I wouldn't be shocked if he kept an A next season, or even you know who knows maybe he's the next captain. I Very doubt well it, could but, be. 
but you know, we'll see. Um, and also, I wanted to talk about Carter Hart a bit. Um, you know, people forget he's still only what twenty four. Um, Is he even twenty four yet? Does he turn twenty four? Maybe yeah, he might not even be. Yeah, I mean, he's drafted in what sixteen, so. Yeah, I think he's only 23-24. Anyway, I mean, for a goalie, that, that's still very much young. And he's played a lot of games already in his career, you know. So he's gotten a lot of development. And, and I, I think people forget that goalies don't often hit their prime until 25, 26, 27, sometimes even later. Yeah, and, um, and when they're good, they last a while. Like, yeah, he'll be 24 on August 13th. He's already got like 130 starts in the league. Uh, plus, you know, the playoff experience, they got him in the bubble, not exactly real playoff experience, but it was still the playoffs, still high pressure situation. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, he's not in his prime yet. We don't know. We don't know how good he's going to be. It's encouraging that he's an above average goalie at this age. Like it absolutely is. And hopefully he just continues to build. Now we have seen some players in this organization lately, especially, uh, you know, look like they have a lot to build and then kind of just plateau or digress. He might have it in him that he's better than that. And, you know, he's one of those guys who continues to get better and becomes a star into his prime. Would love to see it. I think he's got it in him. Uh, but I am also trying to temper expectation a little bit just because you never know with goalies. They're such a crapshoot. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think we all maybe – hyped him up a little on a little too much on you know too it was unfair to him maybe a little bit early on in his career and I think we all thought that this guy was going to be like a Vezina candidate every year but hell even if he turns into a top 10 top 15 year in year out guy I mean that's really all you need to win a cup uh a guy that can get hot a guy that can carry you through a series or two no, it's awesome to have a top three goalie or whatever, but yeah, you just need that 920, 925 save percentage guy who can have the two weeks where you can't get a puck by him. That's what it comes down to. Can he get hot for that amount of time? And uh, Carter Hart definitely can. We saw it in those playoffs. Yeah, I was just going to say that, that Montreal series. I mean, we, we didn't play all that well, but Carter no. Hart sure did. Montreal you know? had the puck most of that series, yeah. Uh, they outplayed us. And, and you know, I remember that whole series just saying, like, well, the great equalizer is goaltending. So if anything else, we have a goalie. And, you know, the, the nice thing about Carter Hart still being pretty young is, you know, if he was like 27, 28 and our team was this bad, that's a problem. But, you know, we can afford two, three years of, of maybe bottoming out a little bit. And then by the time we're ready to go, he's still, you know, pretty much in his 20s still, you know. Yeah, you have, like, you could have another 10 years of very good Carter Hart. Like, that's very much on the table. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm hoping. I, I really think he does have it in him. And, you know, the last couple seasons have just been so chaotic with the injuries and the lack of quality NHL defensemen and the coaching changes. And you got to hope if he can come out of all this, it'll just make him stronger. Uh, you know, obviously some goalies that could ruin them, I'm sure. But the fact that he's still out there stealing games is uh, it's encouraging. Absolutely, Chris, and thanks a lot. And, no, that's that's a great point. Just, like, not even so much, like, the game tonight in a vacuum. Okay, whatever. Yeah, he played well. But uh, bouncing back from last season the way he has and this season going the way it has, the fact that he's still 
has it in him to go out and give this sort of effort and can play this way and knows he can. You saw him tonight scooping up the puck with all the confidence. Uh, Like, last season is so far in his rear view. He hasn't been amazing this year, but he's been good enough. The team in front of him is fucking terrible. I don't know what he's supposed to do. Uh, But just what we saw out of him tonight is definitely very encouraging for the future. And that's that's all we have at this point is hope. Hope that they get this shit straightened out uh, next year. Hope that the trade deadline goes the way we want it to, uh, and they acquire some assets and players. Hope that free agency and the draft go the way we want it to, the draft lottery, all that. It's it's hope now. That's that's what we have to go on uh, through these last. What do we have left? This was uh, this game fifty six. So there's like what twenty six games left, I think. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Six and six is 12. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not going to do math on the show. I'm just going to wrap it up. All right. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio tonight or a BSH Post Game tonight. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. And boom, content, content, content. Uh, we'll be recording BSH Radio this week. Uh, Thursday morning, so it'll be out uh, on game day for the uh, for the game in Florida. We'll have it out by that afternoon, so it'll be ready for you. We're recording at like 10 or 10.30 Thursday morning, so it'll be ready. Uh, plus, of course, you know, you always get fly purpley, these post games, Kelly's pregame, checking out the competition shows, uh, Flyers forecast, all that stuff and more. So be sure to hit subscribe. All right, that's it for me. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for hanging out. My name is Bill Matz. Till next time. Have a great week, everybody.